introverted and this whole thing is an inside joke about how God gave me the microphone because really I want to be in a windowless room with a book and maybe God will put your mansion on the other side of heaven so you can have a reprieve from that worship but when you say I'm going down around the throne the Bible actually declares that there are there are like winged creatures covered in eyeballs declaring holy is the Lord I can't wait to debut that next week Well, let's do this. I've got to preach to you, and I know that you are here to hear God's word. Anyone here ready to hear God's word? Oh, yeah. Now, there is a passivity that I'm bucking up against, okay? See, this, what we did, this is how I fight my battles. What what we just did, this is how I fight my battles. And I'm at the end of the day, I'm a warrior, and I'm trying to teach you how to fight your battles. Instead of fighting that person that's annoyed you so much, what if you got into this atmosphere in your home and started to worship like this? What if you started windmill kicking the air and saying, I'm about to worship my way through the other side of this thing? But we're going to get into the word. We're going to preach. And as we're bucking up against that spirit of passivity, it's okay to, to, to shout me down. It's okay to clap your hands. It's okay to elbow the person next to you and just rock them out of that passivity and say, for this time, I'm going to lean in and get all that God's got for me right here. Are you ready to lean in? Somebody say, lean in. Now tell your neighbor, time to lean back. Okay, and you can take your seat and we'll get ready. Well, I am so excited to finally get to preach this message. Can we all just put our hands together for everyone who's watching live right now? You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited, which means that if you could be here, we never underestimate the power of our presence. When Julie talked about that diversity, what, what, what happens every single Sunday is you may look at me and say, I don't really identify much with him. I, I tolerated him more than I celebrated him. 
but you may look in the aisle next to you and see somebody that you say, man, because I saw them worshiping, because I saw them in it, this is a place I can call home. And so we never underestimate the power of our presence showing up and say, hey, every army has an enlistment. Every team has a roster. You know what I'm saying? If you're counting yourself in on V1 Church, we want to see you here because we believe that you have something to bring. Can I get an amen? Amen. But if for whatever reason you can't be here and we have people that are watching uh, because they're in a region where um, they, they just can't find a place to call home and we've been getting messages from them. So we want to do just just welcome them every week. So can we just one more time just just really welcome them right now? I want to send a shout out to my man, Robert, who's watching in uh, Florida. When I first, the first time I ever preached was when I was 15 years old. And Robert was a big part of that time in my life. And we used to hit the, the mean streets of East Chicago and we would uh, minister to, to just gang members and there would be drive-bys a couple blocks away. And we were so radical and bold for God. And, um, and yet there was a time in his life, we all go through it where you question things and you, you kind of walk away. And man, Robert, he sent me a message last week and he was like, I just started watching the live stream. And he's like, I just felt something that I just hadn't felt anywhere else. And there was a connection. And I know this is kind of crazy, but can I become a member of your church from a distance? And I told Robert, I said, homie, I don't want you to be a member. I want you to be an owner. And, and so he joined us. So Robert's with us. And there's people like Mariah who are with us all the way in Kentucky. And uh, we love her. And this the community, is, is, there's, it's always bigger than what you see with your own eyes. I mean, even in the spiritual realm, you know, sometimes you can feel so alone. And yet God will say, open your eyes. And then you realize that you're surrounded by these, this host of witnesses even sometimes in the angelic realm and we believe in angelic visitation and I'm just going to tell you straight up I'm not trying to naturalize a supernatural word I, I mean can I just be honest with you I'm a pastor which means I actually believe this and me believing this will offend some of you because you're like oh, I was okay as long as he gave me the scientific perspective but when he started telling me what the man who invented science had to say about it I didn't like that you know, I was okay when he gave me the doctor's position, but when he told me what the great physician could do, that, that sort of offended me. So can I offend you to life today? Can I offend you right into life today? Can I just go full on charismatic and foam and spit and climb these aisles? Can those live streams swivel on 180 degree? And I, you know, we're not a charismatic church. We're not a Pentecostal church. We're none of those. You know what we are? We're people who actually believe the Bible. <laughs> well, man, can I tell you about one of my favorite Bible figures that we're going to talk about today? I love this man. His name's Elijah. Now, Elijah was like this hybrid, very powerful man of God, but emo. So maybe he had like dyed his hair black with like a swoop, you know what I mean? <laughs> like a flock of seagulls in the back, like early 2000s. Prophet, you know, and he, but one thing I liked about him is he believed God so much that he ended up doing things with his life and through his life that seemed supernatural and, and, and almost like brought Elijah came into this place where it's almost superhero status if you read the book of Kings first Kings and we're going to be looking at that as I go through this message today we're in the book of first Kings chapter 18 and we're going to start at verse 42 
So would you guys just read along with me? All right, thanks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, can we be a church that actually celebrates the Bible? I mean, self-help is good, but there are people who can't help you. That's why we still have a God. Tattoo that on your forehead, homie. Verse 42. Well, I'm going to go up to 41. I don't know if it's in the notes, but we're going to do it. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah, he climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Has anyone ever taken that posture in prayer? Have you ever went to the fetal position and said, okay, God, I prayed a real nice, pretty prayer in the car, but I'm back home now and I'm in the fetal position and I need you to do something. It says, go and look toward the sea. Now he's talking to his servant and he went up and he looked. The servant come back, comes back and he says, there is nothing there. Seven times, everyone say seven. Now what faith do you have for in this room? Do you only have faith for three times? Do you only have faith for four times? Is your faith run out at the sixth time that you're checking on something that the man of God told you to check on? But do you have faith for the seventh time? Let's see what happened. On the seventh time, the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising in from the sea. So Elijah, the prophet, the man of God, the mouthpiece of God said, go and tell Ahab, Hitch up your Chrysler, get in your Kia, go get in your Ford. It's time. Go down before the rain stops you. And I want to tell you guys today that in a cloudless, vacant sky, in the void that you see in your life, in the places where you see impossibility, to where you see that there is no medical explanation, to where you see that the counselors just simply cannot remedy it no matter how many you try, to the places that are completely cloudless in your life, there is a cloud the size of a hand, and it's a sign that rain is on its way. Can I get an amen to that? Now, if right now in January, you're at the point where your resolutions have now fully converted into jokes. You're at that point where you're realizing that when Julie's talking about tithing offering, that you spent it on a gym membership that you haven't used. Some of you are at the point where you're realizing that Ronald McDonald is still your best friend. I love him. You know, I, I follow movies because we're in a movie theater and I never really cared too much before we got here and the titles intrigued me. And you know, there was that psycho clown movie that came out and I saw this meme, it, it won the internet. It was actually that psycho clown and then on the bottom it was Ronald McDonald and he asked him like, you know, who are you? And then Ronald McDonald responded back, who are you? I've killed more people than you have. LAUGHTER I love you, Ron. I still show up. Ronald's like a drug dealer for me. It's like he deals cheeseburgers, though. It's legal. Gotta get it. I start itching. You know, but we're in that time of the year where the hype is just in the earliest phases of turning into humor. From hype to humor. 
Is anyone there? I'm there. You know, I have eaten more fast food than the last time I confessed needing a change in that area. And, and so I wanted to speak to that today. And the title of my message for those of you who are listening and leaning in is check until there's change. Check until there's change. Check until there's change. Check until there's change. Check and keep on checking until there is change. I don't know what to do, preacher. I don't know what to do, pastor. Well, you should start with checking until there's change. What I've already prayed, I've already read the word, but have you checked until there's change? Elijah at that particular point in history was the mouthpiece of God in an era when we didn't have the Holy Spirit, which was Jesus unleashed on this earth. And so there were men who had to take that role and that responsibility in their culture and their society to actually speak on behalf of God. And so when the word would come, you had to be obedient to that word because it was conditional and it produced results if you listen and then you it produced even more results if you obey god's got you here right now maybe you can't hear him for yourself well guess what he's got a delegate on the stage right now he's here to tell you what to do and you know what your assignment is this week for those of you who struggled to hear his voice check until there's change now let me just tell you about checking and why it's so fatiguing Every single time you check and there isn't change, you make a withdrawal from hope. Every single time you check and there isn't change, you make a withdrawal from diligence. Every time you check, is somebody listening to me today? Every single time you check on that health condition and there isn't change, you have to make a withdrawal from some area of faith and hope in your life. And some of you had reserves that got you all the way through the fifth and the sixth check. And you came back to V1 Church and you said, you know, I'm really here for the community because I don't really care what that guy has to say on the stage. I'm really here because the worship's awesome, but I kind of tolerate the sermons because he doesn't understand the complexities of my issue. I'm just going to say it like this so I don't offend anyone because they're going to look at my eyes, my beady little eyes. I just kind of am a part of V1, but sometimes Mike just doesn't understand what I'm going through. And, and really 30 minutes probably, I'm going to say it like this, 30 minutes probably isn't enough for him to fully diagnose, fix, and give me a remedy for it anyway. So I just kind of show up before a lot of other reasons. God wants to change your intellectualized how into a supernatural wow. God wants to take your soulish realm, have to understand and figure it all out that doesn't ever produce freedom and take that how and give you a supernatural wow. 
Because see, the servant had a choice. He could have come back and said, I didn't see anything. How's this going to work out? I went back and it's still a vacant, cloudless sky. I don't see this producing any torrential rain. And for those of you who haven't figured out yet, in an agricultural society, rain was connected to life. So when you go through a drought, I mean, imagine your bank account going through through a drought. Can anyone imagine that with me? So, amen. Hallelujah. I love this church again. Imagine your marriage going through a drought. And you know, there is such things as sexless marriages. Do you know those exist? All the single people are like, <gasps> there are such things as sexless marriages. Maybe you can imagine that kind of drought. Some single people said, well, come on, preacher. And you look into the vacant cloudless sky and the prophet tells you, go check again. It's about to change. And you have checked so many times that you've checked out. But it's time for you to check until there's change. And if you will be obedient and submit. See, can I teach you about the natural order of how God designed you? You are in a triune nature, which means you have a physical body that's hearing my physical voice with your physical ears. You are feeling the temperature and the climate and the conditions of this room all through your physical being. Sometimes you can even hear music and the bass goes through your chest and you're like, I knew I love this church, right? But then there is another part in the triune nature of your existence, which is your soul, which is your mind, your intellect, which also has a physical component called your what? Your brain. And then you have a will and your emotions that all serve as your soul. And my biggest diagnosis of the captivity and the bondage in this region is you all living exclusively out of your soulish realm while your spirit is dead and your flesh is in competition with your soul. So, you know, when your flesh is in charge, you become a dog that hasn't been neutered and everything in your path starts getting some love. Is that too real? Can I preach today? Okay, that's your body. And when you let your body do whatever it wants, you are going to suffer the consequences of that. That's called instinct. That's nobody taught you how to kiss, but you still found a way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Stop looking at me like that, Jules. <laughs> then there's your soul, which is constantly being shaped and formed and manipulated by culture, by your teachers, by your doctors, by your psychiatrists. And if you're dealing in the realm of the intellect, you're dealing in the realm of feelings even. Feelings. And we've made the mistake in our culture of awarding and assigning so much value to the intellect, so much value to the emotional, that when that's not right, our whole world isn't right. Then you come in here and there's this spiritual nature. And see, what the thing, the thing that we see with Elijah is that he struggled in the areas of his emotions and his soul, but he didn't struggle in the intellectual arena because he could override that with the voice of God. And there were times where we saw failure where he literally said, God, he made an emotional statement that he tried to mask intellectually. God, I'm the only prophet left, and now they're trying to kill me. And you know what God's response to that? It wasn't, we'll just go to V1 church and everyone will hug you, son. It's going to be okay. He said, Elijah, that is a lie. Not only are there more prophets, there's, they're all around you and you are not the only one. Get up and stop acting like that. You got an assignment for your life. 
And so sometimes in your life, it's necessary to have that voice just over, you have to override it or allow somebody to override it and say, go check until there's change. Because you are not designed to exclusively live in those realms. Now, your physical realm in its perfect righteous order will, will, is incredible. Your intellect and your emotions and your will functioning in its proper righteous form will actually produce a tremendous amount of change in your life. Like using my feelings as a man to communicate with my wife or to communicate to the team that I'm leading, using my intellect to understand and shape the blueprints for our future and what God's going to, it's a beautiful thing. You don't just excommunicate the spiritual from the emotional, from the physical. There's a point, point and a place for all of them. But when you allow one to lead other than your spirit and your spirit isn't subjected to the spirit of God, you are going to find captivity and bondage in that realm. Amen. Tell your neighbor, keep checking. Ahab was a weak leader. Elijah told him, why don't you just go eat and drink? You know why Elijah said that? Elijah said, because whenever you feel stress, Ahab, you go to physical substances to help soothe yourself. Just go ahead and eat and drink. Now, this isn't, I'm not preaching against alcohol right now. I don't want you to hear me wrong. I'm talking about you find your spiritual and emotional stability and sustenance in a natural means. It's a limited, finite supply, but I'm going to go climb Mount Carmel. Carmel. Do you know what Carmel means in the original language? It's, it's two parts of a word joined together. L meaning God and Carm meaning vineyard. So Elijah climbs God's vineyard. Can I ask you this? When's the last time you've climbed God's vineyard? When's the last time, instead of going to the natural substance, the food, the drink, the friends, the relationship, you got alone and begin to climb Mount Carmel, the, the God, God's vineyard, the, the place where God's influence influences me. See, when you drink, you shut off your frontal lobe if you drink enough and you start making crazy decisions because that's how it affects your biology. But when you start consuming from God's vineyard, you come under another influence and you find yourself doing some crazy things. You're in worship. You begin to climb Mount Carmel, God's vineyard, and all of a sudden you come under a greater influence than the soulish realm and you find yourself lifting your hands. Some of you are still processing that right now. I cannot believe I did that. I hope that camera guy did not take my picture. But you started to come under another influence. The Bible actually says that if you remain under your own influence long enough and you actually shun God's influence, that God will turn you over to your own mind, producing a reprobate mind. Therefore, the true hell that we have in Scripture, forget about the flames, forget about all the guy with the pitchfork poking you. You want me to tell you what the coldness that's so cold it feels like flames is? The absence of God's influence in your life. The absence of his guidance. It's you in the garden, Adam and Eve, divorcing yourself from his presence, feeling like you've got to figure out all on your own. That will mess you up. Can I give you guys some things to live by? We're looking at this scripture. Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, 
hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. The rain that's going to be so torrential that it's actually produced by a cloud the size of a hand is actually getting ready to wash this place away. And in your life, God is getting ready to do something and it's not hype. Supernatural hope. It's God saying, it's there if you're looking. Keep checking until there's change. Number one, discipline is determined by vision. Now, one of my earliest memories was watching my grandfather writhing uncontrollably in a bed with a genetic brain disease and he died shortly after. There are currently no old Signorellis in my line because on the male side, there's this generational curse of premature death. So because that was the dominant vision for my life, and that's all I could see, when you reverse engineer death, there will always be a lack of discipline. It's just let that settle into your spirit. When you're looking like, why can't I get my time under control? Why don't I go to the gym? Why don't I, why am I not a better husband? Why am I not stewarding my singleness better? Like, why am I doing this? Why? Take the future vision that you truly see for yourself and reverse engineer it. And if you don't see life on the other side of that vision, you will have always a lack of discipline. That's simple as that. And, and another preacher may diagnose the symptoms and tell you, you shouldn't do that, son, and you shouldn't do that. But I'm here to tell you the deeper level is whatever vision you do or do not see reverse engineered produces how you live your life right now. I mean, people all the time would ask me, why are you working so hard for that church? Why are you sweating and bleeding? And I would say, because I have a vision of me doing greater. You know, I tell the band every single week during rehearsal, we're going to Nassau Coliseum and we're going to fill that place and bring stadium Christianity back to this region. And when you catch a vision like that, the vision determines the discipline because all of a sudden it matters now. And I'm starting to see them post videos to Facebook of them doing their instruments and trying to go to the next level. And they're posting it in the Facebook page. Who's got an expectation for this Sunday? What's gonna happen? But what changed first was the future vision, then that changed the present discipline. So if you're stuck right now and you're like, I just can't seem to break out and I've already got to that point where all the hype has turned into this hilarious joke, if I can change your vision for you, I can change your discipline too. You know what happened first service, can I tell you? First service, when we closed it out, I started actually provoking people, close your eyes and let God deposit a vision for your future. And something happened that it was off my radar. They actually started to get vision for each other. And people were coming up to me during the first part of this service saying, I got a vision for so-and-so. And I said, tell them, tell them, tell them. And they were going around telling each other the vision that they got for each other. And people were weeping, just receiving it. Sometimes you need somebody to remind you of who you really are and who you really are to become, to reverse engineer that discipline in your life. Can I keep going? Your daily disciplines reveal the extent to which you believe what you say. Your daily disciplines, they, they reveal. So you might be saying, I, I want to be big in business. I want to be going to Nassau Coliseum. But how you live your life is revealing to everyone the extent to which you believe that. Present discipline is determined by future vision. Change the vision, change the discipline. 
I want to give you five things as we kind of close this thing out. Checking changes you in five ways, okay? Going back to check on your broken marriage. Going back to check on, you, you know, even some of us, our spirituality, because we've been so abused and maimed by other experiences in life, maybe other churches, maybe other leaders, and you keep checking, oh, it still hurts. Anyone ever done that? You know, it, it's still a scab. It's still tender. You know, you got a, t a fresh tattoo, and it still looks like fish food. Keep checking until it changes. You're going through a process. I, I'm still a little skeptical of those V1 people, but I, I, I do love them. But I'm, I got one foot in and one foot out. Well, keep that one foot in. Keep checking because there's going to be a change. Number one, checking says no to your pride and yes to God's promises. Now you read God's promises in scripture and tell me which one of them are possible in the natural realm. We're dealing in the supernatural. Number two, checking says yes to possibility and it says no to impossibility. Number three, checking unveils the God vision for your life. See, when Julie and I were estranged, but we kept checking, we kept going to counseling, we kept going back, checking on that relationship. Every time we checked, it was unveiling a little bit more of our purpose. Wait a second, all that dysfunction, all that mess, all that garbage, there's actually a purpose there when you start pulling back the veil. If you keep checking, you might get a change. It might unveil your God purpose. Number four, checking is a discipline that reveals vision. And number five, checking says shut up to every voice that isn't God's. Can I say that again? Yes. Checking says shut up to every voice that isn't God's. Uh, let me say it again for those of you in the back. Checking says shut up to every voice that isn't God's. See, when you have the audacity to say, keep on checking, doctor, keep on checking, husband, keep on checking, friend, keep on checking, boss, you are saying silence yourself if you don't line up with what God says about it. Somebody's going to get it today. And maybe you're here, and I want to submit to the sovereignty of God for a second for those of you who are thinking in greater levels of complexity. Let's say you die with the disease you have right now. Let's say that you die and it never changes. That's impossible if you're a true believer. Because if somebody would go back to your grave over and over and keep checking, the word of God says that those who died in Christ will rise again and there ain't no way out of this theology. If you keep checking, there will be a change. And so even if it doesn't happen on this side, the promise that we have because of the cross of Jesus Christ is that if you keep checking, I'm coming out of that grave. Everyone here is dying of something. That's the bad news. The good news is you can live again. And so if you keep checking, maybe you've got a loved one and you're saying, well, Pastor Mike, you know, what you preach today falls short of the reality of what I experience. Well, can I submit to you? You haven't experienced the whole reality yet. I said you have an experience. You are not the king of all reality. Can I just bring your pride level down right now? You've only read half the story, but I'm here to tell you how it ends. If you keep checking, there will be change. 
is sometimes that checking silences those voices and says, is that the voice of God? No? Okay, I'm going to go check again. Because God told me through the prophet, keep checking until there's what? How many of you believe that this year in 2018, if you keep on checking, there's going to be change? I said, who believes in this place? If you keep checking, there will be change. Would you stand to your feet with me? Now, now don't be afraid to go with me, band. We're going to make a moment. Because I believe that what I've done is try to confront doubt, worry, anxiety. I'm not confronting the medical field. I'm not confronting the best practices of counseling. We honor that. And we try to build a place that's so diverse here at V1 Church that you actually have access to all those resources. Am I right? How many of you are here where, when Bill Hoffman was here and we have Allison and we have a team of people that have just said, God, count me on, on the, the, the roster. I'll, I'll fight this fight with someone. We have mentors and we have people who are coming alongside we value and honor that so in no way shape or form am i ever going to work against god's wisdom in those domains but what happens first is the spiritual and then you see it manifest in the natural and god and i want to and hear me out because i want to balance and temper back the word that i spoke today God will always leave enough room for him to prove that he's in charge. God will always reserve just enough space to say, only I'm getting credit for that one. And if you're here today, I want to tell you that God wants to do something in your life that only he can get some credit for. And then when God sends a man to come or a woman to come alongside of you and see you through the completion of that healing, the completion of that victory, you'll know that God was the catalyst for it. So can we just allow the atmosphere to shift in this place right now toward that? Even the people who are watching online, I, I want you to begin to acknowledge the fact that the atmosphere is shifting where you're at right now. Because I cannot preach a message like this and you walk out seeing a vision of your marriage that says that it can never be completely whole. Having a vision for your health that you can never be in shape. Having a vision for your business that you, that you can never be successful. Whatever it is that you have told yourself but God will do what he did with Adam. See, God took Adam and he took the natural. This is a revelation for somebody. He took these mounds of dirt and he formed it into the shape of a man. But as long as it stood in that shape, all it was was a pile of dirt that looked like a human. Do you, does somebody hear where I'm going with this? For those of you who would so easily dismiss that which I'm trying to communicate to you, if you form a pile of dirt in the shape of a man, you still just have a pile of dirt shaped like a man. But God breathed into his nostrils and he became man. And so some of you, it's great when you got people who come along and shape you and mold you and, oh, you could be this. And, but all they're doing is manipulating ashes. They're manipulating a pile of dirt until God breathes on you. And so what I'm submitting to you in this place and online is that if you will let God breathe through your mouth right now, you will come back to life and you'll say, hey, soul, shut up. You're a liar. Feelings, you're a liar. Mind, you're lying to me right now. I am not a, uh, in a bondage of fear, but I have love, power, self-discipline. And you begin to say, flesh, shut up. I'm not going to give this love to everybody. You hear what I'm saying? Do you want to be free? 
the word that the worship team just started all collectively saying yesterday online when when we asked the question what do you expect tomorrow is freedom freedom do you want to be free can i ask it again do you want to be free come on you can be free in this moment would you close your eyes with me if you're watching online just close your eyes make a moment right here i want you now to begin and just I'm, I'm believing god breathe 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 life into them again breathe life right now under the sound of my voice i pray that somebody would get a supernatural vision for who they are to become right now somebody in this place with your eyes closed you closed your natural eyes and god is supernaturally opening your eyes to get a picture or a vision for your life you are actually seeing it right now somebody see it for your husband see it for your wife see it for your cousin see it for your brother come on start to get a vision let God activate it as he breathes in you right now. Come on, begin to see what he sees. See yourself moving in the fullness of what God's got for you. Some of you see yourself paying things off. You see yourself burning bills. You see yourself with a deed in your hand. You see yourself, come on, begin to activate a God vision for your life and it will produce the discipline to do what he's called you to do. Vision produces discipline. Somebody's getting a picture right now. That picture is an act of rebellion against the devil. That picture is an act of rebellion against even your own soul that has lied to you and told you it couldn't be. Father, right now, I thank you that you are imparting supernatural vision, that you are opening up eyes in this place, that it's contrary to all the lies and even the story that we tried to tell ourselves, but we receive it today. We're gonna keep checking until there's change. We're gonna keep checking until there's change. We're gonna keep checking until there's change. And God, I thank you for filling up hope, faith, love in this place like never before. Let's do this. A lot of people already have their hands up, but if you're here, I wanna take this opportunity. You know, Evan, during his transition, talked about the Jesus of religions and traditions of man. But if you're here and you're like, man, I think the vision that I got was that God is real today and that Jesus was who he said he was and he's alive and I wanna receive him in my life. Is there anyone who would just raise their hand and make that commitment now? Awesome. Awesome. Come on, you can put your hands down. For everyone who raised their hand, and there's a lot of people here who know Jesus, can we all just pray this last prayer out together and, and, and just believe that there's a spiritual family that we're all being engrafted into right now? Can we do that? All right, so I just want you to borrow my words, and as you pray, it, it's not about the words, hear me out, we're about, about going on a journey of discipleship know that you've got to follow Jesus and it's it's a it's so much more than just a pious prayer it's it's a lifestyle but more than that it's an adoption where you come into a spiritual family and Jesus when he taught how to pray he started with our father because if you don't know God as father you don't know God it's that simple so he wants to start by healing you right now restoring you to his family to father you through life so that you'd no longer be on your own. So can we all pray this together? Okay, so everyone say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the cross. My sins are forgiven. I can be free through you. Come and dwell inside. 
I give my life to you in all that I do have your way Jesus today I follow you and I'm gonna keep checking until there's a change in Jesus name can we all just shout out loud amen Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.